Welcome to Ram Nation Radio, episode number three. We have been on target for once per week, which has been our goal. I've got longtime Ram Nation guy, Mike Rowe. Uh, Joe Barron is in the basement uh, this week. Couldn't join us, but... Uh, in the basement. Nice In the reference. basement. Yeah, who used to say that? Irvin Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Rowe with me. Last week was pretty epic, wasn't it? We had Bradley Van Pelt joining us. We looked 17 years into the past bringing him on. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, this week, we're looking a couple seasons into the future. We've got quarterback commitment Luke McAllister joining us in our uh, second segment. And I don't know about you, Mike. I don't really keep a close eye on recruiting. Yes, it's always exciting uh, in February, actually now December and February. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily geek out on it too much. But uh, this kid has me kind of excited. Not, you know, he doesn't arrive on campus till 2021, but he's already more verbal uh, socially and invested than I've seen from a player in a long time. He's very active on the Twitter machine, uh, welcoming each and every recruit that, that commits and then even mixes it up with Buff fans. Um, so there's a little bit of BVP in him, which we can only hope. Yeah, um, the same thing as you. I'm, I'm not huge on the following the recruits. I'm not on 247, and I think that's the main main site now. Um, anybody, Everybody's a, a three-star <laughs> athlete. I mean, the, the rating system has changed a lot over the last decade, and and I don't follow. I don't follow the players, our, our recruits on on Twitter. I, um, you know, j- just being a teacher and and a, and a former high school coach, I always thought that was just kind of a weird thing to do. Uh, however, you know, I see our staff is is retweeting Luke a lot, and I like his his chip on his shoulder. You know, I know that uh, they won state last year at Palmer Ridge down in, in Monument and and. He committed early to Bobo and, and, you know, he stuck through with, uh, with the transition. And I just, I love that chip on his shoulder. And I, and I loved how he is just such a huge recruiter for CSU. Like when a kid gets an offer, he's one of the first ones to reply to him like, Hey, you know, let's make this happen. When a kid commits, I mean, he's like, yeah, Ram, Ram family, you know, Ramley 21, you know, he, I mean, he's on top of it, and I, I just love seeing that. I love seeing the buy-in from him. And he committed fairly early, which is is not uh, not something we see a lot from CSU. Yeah, you know, he uh, yeah he committed last year during the fall, and honestly, just a few games into his starting career, he was behind uh, Ty Evans, uh, former Buff commit who decommitted. Uh, when McIntyre was let go and, and ended up at NC State, and uh, he was his backup as a as a freshman and sophomore, and you know again just a few few games into his uh, starting career as a junior, and, and he committed to uh, to the former staff. So you know I I, I will give uh, some recognition to to Mike Bobo for uh, recruiting an in-state kid and and seeing a quarterback. You know that was one of the things that. Mike Bobo always prided himself in is was finding quarterbacks and and I think he found a good one you know and, and I'm impressed with Coach Adazio with with keeping that and building that relationship to to maintain uh, his commitment. Bobo really struggled to to get you know we didn't sign a lot of quarterbacks uh, these last 
couple of years and we our, our quarterback numbers on the roster were were low well we down to two quarterbacks uh heading into the the off season so um you know and and you don't see quarterbacks or, or commitments that commit to a university very often you know luke clearly committed to the university um after they let go of bobo the first thing he said was you know i'm, I'm anxious to hear from the new staff and see who they hire you know, because he was interested in coming to Fort Collins. Um, you know, he he could have said, "Yeah, I'm just going to open my commitment. I've I've got plenty of time to to see what else transpires." But he he seemed like he was dialed in on on coming to Fort Collins. Um, so it'll be it'll be good to talk to him about that and get his perspective on that and and what drew him to to CSU. And looking forward to talking to him. You know, you make you make a great point. Pretty much every recruit you know, commits to a coach, but, you know, quarterbacks, quarterbacks are kind of a different breed. Yeah. I mean, they, they usually almost strictly tie in to the head coach because that's who, you know, they're going to be calling the shots for as you know, the, the general on the field, as they, as they say, and you see it when, when there's the coaching change. I mean, we saw it this January, you know, Colin Hill followed Mike Bobo to South Carolina he was his coach, you know, Pete Thomas before that, whenever uh, the transition from Fairchild to McElwain happened, you know, he left and, and kind of turned it over to Garrett Grayson. Um, you know, you saw, you saw this kind of the struggle when, when Bobo came in with, with Stevens and, and uh, Hill, you know, Bobo wanted to play his quarterback and, you know, it, it's, it's kind of the thing, the nature of the beast, but yeah, Luke has, he is all about green and gold and Fort Collins. So kind of one of those things that Bradley talked about last week with the recruits that started coming in, you know, kind of at the end of his, his run as quarterback. And then definitely, you know, what we've seen over the last five years is, yeah, we might start seeing more star, star ratings. And as, as Bradley called them blue chippers, but are, are they Rams? You know, and I think that's the thing that that we're seeing with with Luke. And one of the things that struck me, you know, every every coach says that they want to recruit the the home state hard, right? Um, I think even Bobo said it. You know, when he first came, he did, he just it wasn't a, a big emphasis on him. You know, obviously he had his ties to the southeast. Adazio clearly has ties to the east coast as well. I mean, a lot of, we're getting we're getting a lot of players from from his old stomping grounds. When we went to the Cherry Hills event, the recruiting event, one of the things he specifically said is there's something about in-state players. You don't just recruit them for the sake of recruiting, you know, in-state. You're recruiting it because, yes, there's – he was – he said his eyes were opened by the talent here. He hadn't really ever had recruited here full-time uh, at all. And he said the reason you do it, though, you find the right guys, but they are invested because it's their home state. Right. And they they buy into the rivalries of the CU across town who doesn't recruit them. There's a little extra chip on their shoulder. There's a little more pride in wearing the Colorado State across their chest. Um, whereas, you know, these guys that come from SEC country who don't necessarily get an SEC offer, but they see a chance to play in the Mountain West. You know, there's just yes, they're great talent. There's they're good athletes. Um, so there, and there's certainly exceptions that, that come in here and have the right mentality and, and are here to win. But as a whole, I, I like the, the approach that we need a core 
of, of players from this region, from this state, because they, there's going to be more pride in the program uh, and leadership from, from those guys than you would otherwise. So uh, I'm encouraged by that. You know, he only had a, a couple, you know, a few weeks to, to put together the recruiting class um, when he was first hired. Uh, but already he's got a couple guys from Colorado in, in this, in this year's, uh, well, actually one, one in this year's crop, but five from, from last, from the 2020 class. So I, I like that approach and I like that he's going after that. And I also like the fact that he's, he's putting an emphasis on um, a strong walk-on program because that's, that was the foundation of, of Sonny's program. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if you go back with our coaches, back to Earl, you know, Earl Bruce in the late eighties, early nineties, um, especially with Sonny, you know, with like Denver Rams on, on Twitter and, and, and with the athletic department uh, replaying the old games, you know, they showed the 94 Arizona game, the 2000, 2002 uh, Rocky Mountain showdown, Denver Rams have done, I mean, they just did the 1999 Rocky Mountain showdown. They did the 97 holiday bowl before that. Uh, but if you look at, you look at the makeup of those teams, it was, and you hear that the the players announce. I mean, it really was kind of like 50-50 of Colorado kids and California, uh, Southern California kids. You know, that was that was a heavy recruiting uh, spot for Bruce and for for Sonny. When Steve took over, he kind of went away from that. We didn't see the we didn't see the in-state kids, and I, and I think I, I even remember him saying that he wouldn't recruit based on an area code. Uh, and I, and I, just, I thought that just sent out the wrong message, you know, and when McElwain took over, you know, I was coaching uh, high school football at, at Inglewood, go pirates. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember he, he sent every member of his staff to visit every, to canvas the entire state to visit every high school from six man to eight man to, you know, five a and, and he started getting those kids. You know, you, you, you see a Trey Moxley, a kid from, a, I think, a, a 1A or 2A school uh, outside of Aspen, you know, who, be, who was recruited as a tight end but turned into, you know, one of our starting tackles. Uh, a Jake Bennett, a Zach Goldich. You know, our offensive line was built on in-state just like it was when Sonny was there with, with the uh, Piers Morgan and uh, – and Eric Pierce, you know, you had uh, Mike Newell, you had Tony Cesario. He got that from the in-state, and then he went outside, you know, to Texas and California. And that's what McElwain did. And then, again, when, when Bobo came over, I mean, every coach says they're going to recruit in-state, but then he just didn't. And, and you, you recruit where you're familiar. And he was familiar with Georgia and Florida, uh, South Carolina, that area. And so that's where he recruited. And again, like you said, exactly like you said, uh, he recruited kids that were coming here to play. He wasn't recruiting kids that were coming here to play for CSU. And I'm not saying all of them. And and I, I don't want to blanket that on on all our players because we still have, a, you know, we have some great talent because of, of Coach Bobo. But like you said, there's something about when you get kids from the from the region and they know the rivalries. Yep. You know. And that walk-on, you know, when you get a guy that really wants to play D1 football, doesn't necessarily have an offer, but he gets an opportunity at CSU, 
you know, CSU's got a history of some tremendous walk-ons. Uh, John Howell uh, is one. Uh, Clark, what's that? Yeah. Clark really? Higgins? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, th those two right there, uh, both, I believe, have Super Bowl rings. So, yep. uh, and, and that, so I, we all have a couple minutes here, and we're going to bring in Luke. But uh, that, that reminds me, you know, talking about Clark Higgins, was it uh, DMVR that did the 1999 game the other night? Yes. Yeah, so they did a uh, follow along on Twitter, you know, press play on YouTube and, and watch the 1999 CCU versus CU football game, Rocky Mountain Showdown, uh, which was a 41-14 beatdown by the Rams on the Buffs. And the, the signature moment, just like, so there's a couple signature moments in that, that 2002 game. The one obviously was the head spike that we talked about last week. Uh, the other one was was Cecil Sapp carrying seven, eight defenders to the you know to the end zone. But do you remember the play where Clark Hagen's batted down the screen pass at the line of scrimmage? Ball comes down, he jumps up with you know three buffs around him, catches it out of the air, and then drags like eight guys to the goal line. He actually, they should have given him the touchdown. Like Mark should have given him the touchdown. I thought line. he was in. That was such a marquee play in that game. But do you remember the 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 feeling that you had? throughout that game like I, can't, I remember we kept pinching myself like is this happening like I used to dream like heading into the football season I'd start having these dreams about us playing the buffs and uh and so during that game I kept thinking is this one of those dreams is this a dream or is this real is this really happening we're up 28 nothing at halftime and then we just kept pouring it on them. that that was just incredible and I know that we're, we're kind of up against it we could jump on that when we get done with these uh with this interview with Luke I mean, I have stuff to say about that 99 game. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a break here in a second. Let me remind you to – F-16s, F-16s, four oh, yeah. counts. Look at, look I got Joey. four. I got four bogeys, Iceman. I got four bogeys, Iceman. <laughs> Joey coming in right at the nick of time before we invite Luke on. Uh, let, let me uh, remind you about our, our, our main sponsor of this podcast and of our website, Ginger and Baker. They're closed right now, but as soon as they open, we will let you guys all know. Ginger is a tremendous, tremendous person, a great business owner. They have got the world-class facility up there in Fort Collins and um, tremendous food and drinks and just atmosphere. Uh, give them a shot at your business. Uh, once this all ends and you're itching to get out of your house, that's where you need to go. Uh, we'll be back after this with Luke McAllister. Welcome back to the Ram Nation Radio podcast. It is my privilege to introduce our, our guest for the week, Luke McAllister. I think in all of the years that I've run Ram Nation, about 20 years now, uh, I can't say that I've ever interviewed a player who's still a couple years away from, from putting on a Ram uniform. Yes, I've interviewed recruits in the past for recruiting stuff, but it's been a long time. And uh, I, I know that you're a great football player. You're a heck of an athlete. But not only that, You've, you've become an ambassador of sorts for CSU, welcoming each incoming recruit uh, that commits and then, you know, even mixing it up with Buff fans. So that's kind of what has attracted us. Um, we're, we're just excited about that. We had Bradley Van Pelt on last week, and there's a little bit of Bradley Van Pelt in, in uh, the way you're mixing it up with Buff fans. So that's, that's exciting. And uh, Luke, welcome and thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. So you're, you're unique 
in that you committed to CSU last November, but remained interested in CSU, you know, hoping that the new staff would reciprocate that same interest. Tell us about that process and, and the talks with the new staff and how that went. Yeah, um, I've always liked CSU. Um, I committed to, as you know, the old staff, uh, I think week three into the season, um, they're showing a lot, a lot of love, a lot of interest. And I love the way they're treating me. I love um, the goals they had for me. And as soon as um, Coach Bobo and his staff left, my first concern was, will I still have this offer? Will they remain um, committed to me as well? So as soon as Coach Lynch, offensive coordinator, is hired, he called me almost immediately, um, said that he loved my film and they still want me to go there. That was really reassuring to me. It's already so much different um, from the last staff. And I love the energy, and I could tell that that program's going great places. Were you ever leaning towards reopening your recruitment at all? That was an option. Um, right as Coach Bubba left, it was a talk with my family of, is this the best option moving forward? Um, and we decided that if I really like CSU, we'll see how this new coaching staff interacts with me. Um, if I like them, if they like me, I see where we both stand. And, Turns out for the better that I did stay. Mike and I were talking before you hopped on. It's pretty pretty rare. So you originally committed to Mike Bobo. Mm -hmm. He was a little bit on the hot seat entering last season. I mean, did you anticipate that there was an op there there was a chance that he would be gone? Yeah, um, that was a that was a conversation. Um, it was more about where I think the program's going to go in the future. And I like Bobo. Bobo was a great coach. Um, I I did commit to him and his staff, but it was never really about um, coaches. How much of it was you liked the program, you liked the campus, the facilities, the education you'd get? Um, because a lot of kids do commit specifically to coaches, or or at least have that comfort with coaches. And it really, you really see that in a quarterback you're rare in the fact that you seem to commit to the university, even though there was a coaching change. It didn't seem like you were necessarily here just for Mike Bobo. You were here for the university. Yeah, I did, I did like Mike, our coach Bobo, like I said. But I did. I went to a couple camps when I was younger to see you on the fan base. It's growing on me. Um, uh, as you've seen on Twitter, it's – nothing but love for me and that's really what I look for it, it's the coaching staff is great but um, it's where I want to spend the next four years and where I'm comfortable spending the next four years. You were fortunate to take your visit obviously and commit prior to this quarantine. Mm -hmm. All these guys that you keep seeing that are committing during this period what do you think it's like can you imagine like being in their shoes committing over these last couple of months without the personal visits the in-person talks um, and, and being on campus to check out facilities in person. Um, yeah, I have thought about that a lot. And I've actually been in contact with all the recruits. They've had these virtual visits, of course, on the coaches, uh, the coaches that are uh, on these uh, on these recruits. Yeah. They love with the coaches. The coaches making sure that they know that they're where they're wanted. Um, they all know that CSU was a growing program. Um, not the best record the last couple of years, but with this new coaching change, the mentality has already changed. Um, they can see this program going in great places. And that, that's another reason why I committed was uh, the future of the program is, is very bright. Um, 
and without without obviously going to see the campus and everything, um, I couldn't really imagine what it's like to commit to a place where you you haven't really you haven't even stepped place on, or stepped foot foot on. Um, it's just it's a crazy process right now, but I see everyone everyone that I've been in contact with is either committed to CSU or committed to other schools. I think they're all nervous that they might not be senior season. They're just committed to make sure that their place is held. Hey, so Luke, I got a, I got a question for you. Yeah. You know, Joel Joel mentioned some of the interactions you have on Twitter with uh, other fan bases, but as well yeah. with our fans. But the thing that struck me is every time there's a kid that's offered. Anytime there's a kid that commits, you're you're the first one on there to send something. So, what what do you see your role in regards to recruiting uh, your own peers? Um, well, Coach Lynch has told me that um, the recruits they want to see who that quarterback's going to be. They want to see who who's going to lead the team um, in this class and make a personal personal connection with each one of these players. Um, it's the main goal because you a kid will want to feel wanted. They'll want to feel like okay, I trust this kid. I want to play with him. Um, and I, that's why I reach out almost immediately, like, hey, we want you here. Um, the coaching staff offered you for a reason. Um, I've watched your film. You're definitely a baller. And, um, let's, like, let's, make, let's make your own legacy at CSU. Nice. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. Sorry. What has the coaching staff communicated to you as their, their vision for the program? What, what are you hearing from them? What, where do they want to take this program Offensively, where do they want to take this program on a grander level? Um, offensively, uh, we want to air raid kind of uh, this team. Uh, we have a good quarterback coming back, uh, Patrick O'Brien. Um, I think this last year was a good developmental year for him. Uh, with Cornell going down, he kind of stepped into that role. Um, Coach Lynch has told me he's, he's really impressed with the improvement that O'Brien has had. Uh, he feels comfortable um, with airing it out, especially with CSU having such great receivers that they do. Um, and Coach Dazio has communicated with me. Um, it starts starts with conference games. Um, Got to win the conference first, and then like I don't know uh, what the schedule looks like, but I don't think CU's on the schedule for the next couple of years. Uh, well, this year, but after that, I think the next time we play him is my senior year, which is unfortunate, but. Um, his mentality is um, win the conference right now, and that's where we got to start. Yeah, that that would be nice, Luke. Yeah. We haven't we haven't won the conference in a long time. I think what 2002, I believe, is our last conference championship. So that's a good place to start. Beating CU is wonderful, but let's figure out a way to to win our conference. I feel like, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. I feel like the pieces are in place off the field, so. Everything that CSU is doing to invest in athletics, facilities, stadium, mm-hmm. and, and you just need the right. And, and I, I think there's talent in the program right now, and there's talent coming in in the next year and, and beyond. In your opinion, how far away is this program from, from contending for a conference championship? Um, that's last year. Uh, I don't know if you remember most of the conference games, but um CSU actually had the lead in most of them and that's just, it was the Air Force too I remember that game I was at that game and Boise there it was a close game every time we just couldn't finish out um I think even this next year with the returning talent, uh, it will be very veteran offense 
uh, I think next year they'll have a good chance of really having a big impact on the Mountain West. So, Luke, Joel mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm a school teacher. What has this uh, spring's transition been like for you? I know that uh, I seem like I'm always on meetings uh, with other teachers and then see my students here and there. But what, what has it been like for you as a, as a junior at Palmer Ridge? The school, uh, school district um, is, is handling this very well. Uh, switching to online, uh, my teachers, they all reach out, make sure that if I have any questions that they're answered. Um, a lot of my junior experiences kind of flew out the window when coronavirus hit. Um, I have one more semester of high school left until I'm a college student. It's kind of mind boggling for me. Um, but as a junior at Palmer Ridge, it, it's been a crazy experience just having to switch to completely online learning. Yeah, I, it, it is. It's been a challenge for sure. As a teacher, I definitely know. It, I mean, it's a whole different thing. Now, I did see on, on the Twitters <laughs> that you and, and Ty Evans were throwing the football around. So with what's going on, what have you been doing as far as workouts are concerned? Um, yeah, we have been going to the field and throwing, uh, keeping our arm fresh, getting some receivers out there, keeping our legs fresh. But as far as working out, do at home workouts, that's push ups, sit ups. Um, I can get creative sometimes, uh, get something heavy and hold it and squat, but uh, to the extent of really packing on protein just to gain weight. Has there been any apprehension about the fall and? Going back to school, um, you know, any delays in that and what it would mean for your senior year and your football season? I've heard some rumors about that. Um, my coaching staff has communicated that um, I think up until June, we can't do anything as a team, which is really killer for us because we're going to be a younger team going before I do and we have Zoom calls. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of concern. Um, obviously, it's my senior season. Uh, I would hate to see that not happen, but I can only control the controllables, and um, obviously, I'll just be, be hoping for the best. Uh, Joey, do you have any words of wisdom? By the way, audience, hey. Joe Barron has joined us. Hey, Luke, man. Welcome to the Ram family, first and foremost. I hope you're safe. Stay healthy. Your family, too. Just a couple quick questions. Um, yeah. I like I like your legs, kid. You're a good athlete. I see you scrambling around here on some of the videos. Talk to us a little bit about how you can extend the play, and uh, have you looked at any uh, Ball State uh, offensive tapes or any videos from uh, Joey Lynch, the new offensive coordinator here that was Yocord there? Um, Coach Lynch actually communicated to me that that is one of his uh, favorite aspects of mine is that I can extend the play. Um, I feel more comfortable throwing on the run, actually, and uh, that's one of my um, better attributes is being able to extend a play. If I need to get out of the pocket, I can get out of the pocket and look downfield, or if I need to take off, I could take off. Uh, but Coach Lynch described it is that um, the way his offense will be ran is through the quarterback. Um, if I need to make a play on my with my legs, I can. Um, first and foremost, i got to get the ball out as quick as I can every time. Um, so he's communicated with me that what he's seen is what, what he needs from his quarterback and his offense. And that was another reason why I feel like I'm a perfect fit there. Nice. Hey, one last question. What are you watching on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, 
I just finished uh, Outer Banks. Um, the oh, TV I got to watch series. that one, kid. Uh, I got to watch Pretty that one, good. Luke. My, yes, sir, my, really ju- my junior and my sophomore son and daughter, they've already watched, uh, what was it, two seasons? One season? It's one season. One season. So they, they've already, they motored through that. They've, they've watched about yeah. eight, 18 different shows in the last month. But uh, that was one of them, and they loved it. Yeah, it's a good show. So, Luke, again, knowing what's going on with Chassa, how uh, basketball ended and then, you know, the spring sports, do you, did you play, do you play any other sports besides football? I do not. Um, I actually gave up basketball my sophomore year to focus on football. Well, congratulations on winning state three times in a row. Thank you. I know you said that uh, you're anticipating an air raid offense, but that's not really um, that's not really the staple of a, an Adazio football team. Did, right. did you did you did you see that that was his you know his brand was a heavy run style football team, and did that concern you at all, or um, have those fears been put to rest by Coach Lynch? Um, yeah, it was pretty much worded perfectly. Um, when I heard that a coach is going to be hired, the uh, first thing I did was research him, um, and I did notice that he has been a run-heavy coach. Um, and then when Coach Lynch was hired, he was at, um, I think, Ball State. Um, before that, he, he communicated with me that um, he likes to throw the ball a lot. And like you said, yeah, he put that word to, word to rest. And it was very, very reassuring to me that, um, okay, this, this coach is the kind of coach I want to play for. He knows my play style. And, um, yeah, it will be a very balanced offense, I think. Just so you know, you come in in 2021. Mm-hmm. Your third season in Fort Collins would be the return to the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Be in Boulder, nice. and then Perfect. and then your your fourth season would be in Fort Collins. So Not so you, you 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 should get two cracks at them, which would be awesome. And so uh, as junior and seniors, just like Matt Newton, and, and then you could right. be the new sheriff. You could be the we new need sheriff. Another head spike. We need a head spike, too. So, this is something, <laughs> Luke, that, that we were talking about before we had you on. There's an emphasis with this staff to, to stay close to home or at least put an emphasis on, on recruiting locally. There, mm. I know you made a comment, maybe a little snarky, on Twitter the other day that maybe see, you know, it's going to be hard for CU to, to recruit a quarterback if they're not committed to recruiting locally. Right. Do you embrace that sentiment in the fact that, yes, this is why you should be recruiting locally because there is a lot more pride and a lot more heart that goes into a local recruit when they put the, the green and gold on? That's a perfect way to explain that. Um, Colorado State has a lot of state pride. Um, they do focus on in-state recruiting a lot, which which I love because, like you said, um, when you put a local player um, on a team that, that is in-state, that they grew up close to, uh, it's a little bit different than having someone come from Texas or California and it's just, okay, this is the college team I'm going to play for. It's, this is the team that uh, is representing my state. And uh, I get to wear, wear that state actually with the state pride uniforms on my jersey. So. Yeah, speaking of that, there, there's, a, there's a camp that says, why do we have all these fancy uniforms? Let's go back to the old days when we had green tops, gold bottoms, and that's it. And then on the road, white tops, gold bottoms. Now we've got 18 different combinations. Right. I, I, I love uniforms, so I'm a uniform guy. But 
as a as a high school kid, what's your favorite uniform combination that we have now? Um, the all whites are really clean. Um, that's that's one of my favorite. Both uh, the just the regular all whites and then the state pride all whites. But one of my favorites is actually the the throwback Aggie uniforms, the orange with the green and orange combination. That that's one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Check out the uh, 1990 Freedom Bowl. Those uniforms. <laughs> we need to bring those back just for you. Oh man, those. So so I look in 1990 CSU played Oregon in the Freedom Bowl and we busted out these gold tops and they weren't like the yellow like bright yellow yeah they were bright yellow (laughs) so they hadn't hadn't worn them all year but they busted them out for the bowl game they had white or they had yellow goldish tops with green pants and Oregon wore green tops with yellow pants and it was just a uh it was an eyesore (laughs) on tv but it was one of our great all-time wins uh beating them in the 1990 freedom ball well that's awesome so i i know you um you threw for two almost 2700 yards last year 28 touchdowns you had four in the state championship game you threw 223 times it with only three interceptions mm-hmm. that in itself is impressive what what can csu expect and, and fans expect from you as a quarterback um well i always try to be better so I expect better for myself than my high school career when I go into college. Um, interceptions for me is that is the worst thing that I can do as a quarterback. Every possession matters. Um, three interceptions for me last year, I held myself to a high standard. Even that was one too many because I know I remember those interceptions and, and they were they shouldn't have been. I, sh- I should have made a better read. And obviously, every quarterback wants that those throwbacks. Um, but yeah, it definitely. Something to expect is I'm a pocket passer primarily. Um, I can make a play on my feet, but I will stay in the pocket. I'll take the hit and deliver the ball on time. Um, I'll make plays. That's what I'll do. Any of your old teammates, candidates to, to join us at CSU? Um, actually, one of our DNs from I think 2019 class is, is at CSU, Aiden Colin. And there's a receiver on my team, Caden Dudley. Um, I think there's a really good chance of getting him to CSU. He's, he's naturally recruited, has a bunch of offers, but I think the connection that we have already will, will help him get there. And CSU being known as wide receiver U and uh, having great coaches there, I think that that'll point him in the right direction and keep him in state too. Nice. So last question for me, where do you expect CSU to be by the time that you enroll your freshman year? So I'm basically asking you, do you feel like Coach Adazio and this program are on the right trajectory? And then as a second part of that question, where do you expect the program to be by the time it's your, your senior year and you're ready to graduate? Going in the conference and then getting to a bowl game, uh, I think Bowl games are a huge deal, and um, with the viewing the success of a football team's um, season is did they get to a bowl game and did they win it? Obviously, being nationally ranked in the Mountain West is a lot harder than it would be to be nationally ranked in the SEC. Uh, but we actually we had two nationally ranked teams in the Mountain West, so. Uh, says that we can't do it and I think with uh, uh, um, thinking into a major league. Awesome man well we're, we're excited for the future. It's, uh, CSU is a special place 
I think there's a lot to look forward to. The fans are starved for a winner. There was a time, Luke, where we used to dominate the conference, the WAC and the Mountain West, and we're itching for getting back to those days. All right. Joe, Mike, any other uh, questions before we let Luke go? Just welcome to the Ram. We LMAC. We look forward to having you up here. Thank you. Uh, oh, you, man, just you already got a, a nickname from Joey B. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so no, LMAC. Yep, he's a he's a tall kid, six foot four. I like the height. You just stay healthy. your uh, the next uh, year here, and uh, you just stay healthy, kid. We look forward to having you up Thank here. You. Thank you. And, and one last question. So you said that you're going to graduate in December? Right. That's correct. So are you going to be uh, early enroll at CSU then? Hey, Luke, are you still there? Right, you cut out. But I just want to say I look forward to watching you in spring ball uh, 2021. Yeah, I am planning on enrolling early and um, getting this spring ball. That's, that's important, getting the playbook down. And yeah, getting that spring practice in, is that's key. Well, I look forward to watching you in a uh, Canvas Stadium next uh, next spring. Forward to playing in there. Hey, Luke, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us, buddy. Thanks, Luke. Thanks a lot, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, let's take another break. That was Luke McAllister from Palmer Ridge. He will be joining the Rams in 2021. Uh, let me remind you before we take our next break that Mighty River Brewing Company. They are welcoming your online orders. Uh, stop in, pick up your growler, pick up your cans of beer. Uh, enjoy this quarantine with a fully stocked cabinet of beer. Uh, yeah. That's right, buddy. Joey, you live right around the corner from, from Mighty River. Those boys are uh, CSU alumni, big time Ram fans. Go support them, Mighty River Brewing Company. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. Segment number three, Ram Nation Radio Podcast. That was fun talking with Luke McAllister. Let's welcome in again Joe Barron, who joined us late. Thanks thanks so much for making us a priority, Joe. What do you guys think dude, of that? Dude, Outer Banks is on my list now. Outer Banks. Yeah, it's, it's not a show that I've watched. I've watched a lot of Netflix in the last couple months, but uh, my kids love it. Do you, is, do you watch anything other than uh, – <laughs> uh, never mind, Joey. Uh, stuff is not available on Netflix. You mean? Exactly. <laughs> is net is Netflix in your rotation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes <it is. laughs> oh man! Spice hey. Channel went. Spice Channel too. You know? I love oh. Eskimos. Yeah, you got Those are the greatest. That old cable box, you had to specially move that little dial on the right. Remember, you got to like just you got to just right. You can maybe catch a move. Skinamax. Uh, all right, all right. I digress. I digress. See, everything was very professional until you joined us. Right. But, uh, oh my right. God! That's what I'm here for. The Benzians need to shake their head at somebody and roll their eyes. You know, so that's, that's what I'm here for. That's why you're here. We, we've received a lot of feedback that you were the highlight of the of the show. So now we're, we got to button great. down the hatches since you've showed up. Dude, button F-16. down the hatches. I, I had Maverick and Goose flying over my house earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's why he was late to the podcast. He was watching the the uh, F-16s fly over. Damn right, right. man. Yeah, Apparently I remember yes. my first airplane. I wore, I wore my American flag over me, like a BVP wore, his, wore the CSU flag over himself on the sidelines at Folsom. 
It's a great day. It's a great day to be an American. Be healthy, all you Denzians out there. Right. <laughs> what do you guys think of Luke? Yeah, I like him. I like the kid. I like his maturity. You know, my, my nephew's a, and, and your son, you know, they're, they're the same age. They're, they're both juniors. Uh, all three of them are juniors, you know. And uh, he, he, he just, he had this air about him. He's a quarterback. <laughs> he's a quarterback and he's a leader. And, and, and I was impressed with that. I, I like the way, just watching the video, I know every, all the videos are always going to look, make them look like a, you know, every play is a great play, but yeah. just the way he extends the play, he has the wheels, he has some good legs on him. We haven't had that um, in a while at CSU, right? Like in Stevens, he was kind of a drop back, stay in the pocket kind of guy. We haven't really had a, um, you know, Pat threat. O'Brien. He's, a, he's not really you know, a dual threat, but he's, he no. can move a little bit. And O'Brien, you know, O'Brien for a big dude, I think he's like, I think he's dropped some LBs too, but I think he's got some pretty good wheels for a big guy, you know? Yeah. But, um, and who's the other guy? Carter Samuels. He, he was supposed to be a mobile quarterback, but he didn't really get to show that here. So I'm excited to see what this kid can do if he gets your help. It was, was the offense we ran. I, you know, it wasn't – I don't think we had a lot of rollouts, waggles, you know, stuff like that. It was uh, an early read. Um, yeah. I, I love the play. Any, uh, yeah, uh, I love the – Different options. It, it was – it was it was quick. It was either a, a quick handoff or or you hit somebody on a slant. It wasn't a it wasn't about extending the play. So it was you know, all timing. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, not to get off on a tangent here, but did you guys watch the uh, E60 ESPN thing with Alex Smith? Yes. Oh my goodness, what a story! Can, Why can would anybody that? watch E60s? They make you cry. And <laughs> they I definitely cried. make joke. Go cry. figure. I cried. Not gonna lie. But so, I did see the pictures. <laughs> oh my God! Isn't that insane? So, what one of the and this is kind of just an aside of that episode, but Alex Smith, when he went to San Francisco, you know, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, and when Jim Harbaugh came in, he Alex Smith talked about how he became a different player because Harbaugh really redesigned it. Didn't redesign his offense, but he designed plays that went to Alex Smith's strengths. And I don't know if that's necessarily been done at CSU over the last however many years. I agree wholeheartedly. That's a great point, Joel. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could go back to, to Bradley. You look at, at uh, Sunday's tenure, and he ran a little bit of option with, with Anthony Hill in, in 93 and 94, but not a lot, you know. And then you had uh, Moses in, in – Darren Wilkinson, drop back passers. Uh, it wasn't uh, same thing. It wasn't, but but you had a running game, and then we went from there to to Slinger and Newton. Same thing. It was it was drop back guys, and then in in two thousand one we had DJ Bush and Bradley, and it was one of those things where Sonny could either stick with what he had before with drop back passers or. You know, I got, I have this dynamic guy in number eleven where I can do different things, and, and you saw that, and you saw that with him running the option, him rolling out, getting outside the pocket, and again before it was the uh, in thing, you know, your your run pass options, and you saw that with with Bradley, and I mean that's just another example of what made Sonny a great coach. It wasn't like you know I have to hammer this 
square peg in this round hole or, or, you know, it was, I'm going to do what, what's best for our team. And I, and we haven't seen that the last few years. I mean, we, we just haven't. So this coming year, I think Pat POB is there. Obviously I don't think there's any threat that he's not the starter. Do we see some packages for the temple transfer, Todd Santeo? You see that, you know, even Sonny did that, you know, going back to Bradley's last year, 2003, where they would bring in Holland, yep. Justin Holland for two or three series. Yeah, like, I remember that, yeah. You know, and it, it was packages set up for, you know, the drops, drop back style quarterback. I could see, I could see it doing as a, as a change of pace. You know, even, even going back to uh, DNVR replayed the Oregon 99. State game. And they had, oh my gosh, I can't even remember who it was, Clark running the the Wildcat. But I could see I could see them doing that with an actual quarterback who can run, who 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 actually has the run pass option, and doing that with the the incoming guy from uh, Temple. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Lynch, the offensive coordinator, if he has free reign or if Adazio has his stamp on the offense with. You know, kind of like a you know run and bang first. I don't know. Well, I'll say this. You know, I was on a I was on a Zoom with with Coach Adazio last week. Were you? I haven't heard that. <laughs> hey, Mike, do you have season tickets for a special than, invitation? Than you and yeah. I were on one. Hey, Mike, do you have season tickets with the Broncos too? <laughs> you know, I do. I don't know. Yeah. If he knows I don't know if you know this, but but oh, anyway, in the, ra- in the, in the Rapids. You know. oh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked Adazio about about the quarterback situation, and he just was all over how impressed he was with with O'Brien. Uh, you know, O'Brien had some great games last year, and again, it was it. As Luke brought up, we were in the lead in every freaking game. Yeah. Every game we were in the lead. I know I've alluded to it in the past. Like we always have that one mistake, and then everything goes downhill. But I, I like Pat O'Brien. I like O'Brien. He, he just needs the reps. He's a he's a great quarterback. I think he just hasn't had the reps. Hasn't and, had the opportunity. See, like uh, you know, a couple of his friends, who recent graduates, have talked about how much weight he's lost. Like how much he's trimmed down. How fast? How how quicker he is? Not faster, but how quicker he is from last season. You know, so I'm excited. I'm excited about Pob. I was I was impressed. I mean, there's something a lot of talk about him, but the way he took over that program, he didn't make a ton of mistakes. He was in a like, tough spot too. He was in a really tough spot, and he played fairly solid. It gives me hope for for 2020. Quite honestly, some, yeah. I mean, he didn't go he, he didn't go out there to lose a game, right? He, I mean, we were in every damn game. No, yeah. there was there was never a game out of our eight losses last year. There's never there's never a game that you can say you know what this is on our quarterback our quarterback right, is the reason right. why we lost. That's right. Yeah, exactly. We 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 don't have one of those. Do we have anyone that can become the next sheriff? Luke McAllister. <laughs> Luke McAllister. Only one junior, junior and senior year. He goes to Folsom wins, comes back to canvas, gets another dub. And the you way know, he honestly, did it. Honestly, like, if you look at O'Brien, I think his skill set is very similar to Matt Noon's. I think, I, I, I think they both can make throws. They both aren't, like, the 
they're not they're they're not a Bradley. They're not gonna they're gonna, not gonna beat you with their feet. But I think I think they both can can make those plays that get us those wins. So I'm I'm excited about POB. You know, I I I thought there's something to say about not being the coach's number one choice and then having to be the coach's number one choice. You know, right. that was one thing that impressed me about about Stevens. He was not Bobo's number one choice. He wanted about it first. And then we saw that, you know, yeah. and then and then he put in he Hill. Got a, he got a key first down late in the game against the Bucks. He got a huge first down. Huge <laughs> first down. Hey, we did score that series, right? We, we scored. I think we pulled us within eight touchdowns. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, but it, it, I mean, it seriously was one of those things like Nick Stevens was not, was not Bobo's choice. And he still put his head down. He, he grinded it out. And, you know, he, he really is one of like a top 10 quarterback for CSU. Stevens? And yeah. You know, Nick he doesn't Stevens. get a lot of credit because we didn't have a lot of wins. We didn't have bowl wins with him, but he took a, I remember a couple times he took an absolute oh, beating, and he would. I don't know how he got up got on up. some of those hits, man. Oh my! I appreciated God. him. You know, he didn't will the team to wins like you saw with some other quarterbacks. Maybe he didn't have the talent around him, but uh, you know, he was a he was a solid quarterback and and a tough kid, and you know, represented CSU well. You know, Matt Newton was the same. I mean, he he took a beating and kept getting up. And, you know, go. I think if we want to put a ribbon on this, because we're definitely not going to go another two hours and eight minutes like we did last week, but uh, we got on the topic of the 99 CSU-CU game right before we had Luke in at the end of the first segment. And that game was just precision and detail from Matt Newton. I mean, the way that they, they, they set up the screenplay – with Frank Rice, then they used Frank Rice deep. You had uh, Kevin McDougal, yep. the the white rhino, the albino rhino, running rampant. You had our defense <laughs> swarming. Mike Machete, lightning and thunder. Mike Machete had no chance in that game. I, Baby Smurf tossed all game. It was amazing. Oh, amazing. I there's, there's a couple times I love, and and I have that game on VHS, so I. I watch it every now and then, and I just love the look. When Machete gets up with, like, this bewildered look in his eyes, it's like, what is going on? I, I have no time for anything. I mean, um, how many sacks did we have, but how many sacks did we not have because Machete just scrambled out to make a half a yard? Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't a sack. We must have had eight or nine sacks in that game. Run. Oh, yeah. Who was the D-line coach back then? Who was that? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, because some of those recruits, it's that was Kirk, a great Kirk was the D, D coordinator. That was a great team. Split Wow, that's a great No, that was earlier. Was it? Was it, uh, was it Jesse? Uh, uh, what was Jesse's last name? Yeah, it, no, we had a good, that was a deep. good defense. We'll we always had out. a good push. Anyway, where were you guys sitting in that game? I was in section 122. The student section, but I was was not a student. That place was gassed? like five times over capacity. <laughs> yeah. Did you get gassed? Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. 
<laughs> yes, I did. How about you guys? Where were you at before I get into? I was on the other side of the fifty, so I th- I think I was. Yeah. I was closer Big to the twenty-five yard line on. No, no, no. I wasn't on the fifty. I was on the other side of the fifty from where you were, uh, down towards the other end zone, probably the twenty twenty-five yard line. But I remember the way that that tear gas felt like. Felt, yeah, the, you know, the it, swirl. It swirled, swirled. Yeah, and you yeah, could get it yeah. and gets in your throat, and that was not pleasant. Joseph, where were you? Yeah, I was. I was opposite. I was down at that end, but I was like on the twenty-five, thirty-yard line, and um, you Big know, time. just a really quick. No, just really quick. I remember watching the replay either on YouTube or something a few years ago. I think it was like a CSU kid where he was like taunting the cop to like spray the tear gas. He opened up his <laughs> mouth and the cop just sprayed him right, yep. right in the face and in the mouth and everything. It was amazing. But no, I just remember, you know, the band and that the concourses, everybody crying, all the students. And So Joey, what you just described happened like 15 rows in front of me. Yeah. Oh, so you're right yeah. in that, like the liquid yeah. cloud of gas. I had 500 level tickets. We paid for them. I, it might. I mean, I was I was just out of college, so I think uh, friends friends just grabbed tickets, student tickets, and brought them, and then we all just bum rushed section one twenty two. The whole thing was so messed up because CU's team came out directly underneath that section, so all the CSU students were right above where CU ran out, and then it went our band and then CU's band. Yeah, they so, split it right down the middle on that side. Yeah, I remember So I'm that, thinking yeah. it would have been like CU's, CSU's band would have been 123, and then CU's band was 124. And, yeah, it was getting over, and everyone knew it was everyone was going to rush the field. But Mile High hadn't had people, fans rush the field since the – 77 when the Broncos went to the Super Bowl and they won the uh, AFC championship game. And so the Broncos were like, no, we're not going to have this happen. So all the cops came over and then, yeah, exactly how you described it. That one fan like is in their face. And then all of a sudden it just went off. (laughs) Um, But the year before when the Broncos won, I was downtown Denver. I was on 16th Street Mall when the cops came in and started shooting tear gas. So I smelled it before it really hit. So for me, I was like, oh, I was like, this is not good. I know this smell because I'd gotten hit with it before. So I'd covered up, but it was worth it. It was worth it. The walking out of that stadium is so brutal after a loss. Like their fans are merciless. They will get in your face. They will taunt you. So that was one of the nice occasions when you could walk out with your head high, chill with your your, your fellow Ram fans, and feel feel good. And then to back it up the next year was was pretty awesome. So yeah. I hope that there's some of those. You know, it sucks that we don't have the the annual Rocky Mountain Showdown again after this year. But it's nice honest, to have I'm it. Not, okay it's nice that. to have it on campus. I cannot wait to have that on campus. That's gonna be so yeah, fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed. Yes, I'm, I'm very happy. I cannot wait. And God, please, God, let there be a football season this fall because I can't wait for that game at Canvas. But I mean, that's, that's, I love that game every year, and I hate, I hate the years when there, there isn't one. 
Um, there's only been a couple in the last what 25 years, but um, yeah, I, I I don't like it. Mike, you're you're okay with it? I'm okay with with them ending the series for a couple of years. And here's why: there's so much hatred, and it, it just kind of seems like that's how our entire country is right now. Yeah, it's like you got to be one side or the other. You can't have fun with it. It used yeah. to be. Even when, when, when we would win and then they would win, we would win. Like, it, it was fun. For some reason, in the last, like, 10 years, it's just turned ugly. Where it's, it's, it's way more aggressive. And I, I don't mind seeing it take a couple years off. I think we could get back to it being a fun rivalry. I think, I, if love, we hadn't, I think if we hadn't gone 0-5, Mike, in the last five years, you might feel a little different. But. Uh, you know what? You might be right about that. You might be right. Mike Bobo didn't win a single game in that series. So even I, I, Leon for, Kerr, I forgot about that. You hadn't you hadn't reminded me in a while. You know, someone brought up <laughs> someone brought up the fact that Leon Kerr was a better coach Skeletor. than Mike Bobo. Someone else was like, "Well, look, here's their career records." But I'm like, "Did you say Le- Leon Fuller?" Oh yeah, I said Leon Kerr. Sorry, Leon Fuller. Yeah, but Leon Fuller went to Folsom and won a game. <laughs> Mike well, Bobo he, never did that. Yeah, that 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 carries a lot of weight. Uh, any parting shots? Because uh, l- let's wrap this up. If I don't, my wife is going to rip an appendage <laughs> off of me. Yeah, no, my boys, wife told me, boys, it's been fun because I was gonna cook dinner, but well, it's been fun. You guys enjoy your Chef Boy RD <laughs> and. Uh, have fun watching Netflix, Amazon Prime. I'm into the Jack Ryan thing right now, watching it. So how was that? That's I love good. it. Uh, Three Ram Knight recommended it. He got me on that. So. Jim Halpert's pretty good in it, right? Who? Jim Halpert, the guy from The, the office? office. Yeah, yeah, he's not good. In the office. I was never an office guy. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, it's a good series. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. all you Denzians out there, be safe, be healthy. Joel, be healthy. Hope all your kids and wife are healthy. Mike, you too. Anybody and, uh, that says they're not in the office sucks. We'll, so. we'll get after it next time. Ah, bite my ass. All right, there's my I, parting shot. <laughs> yes. I so, want to thank Luke Luke for coming on. Luke uh, was awesome. I, I appreciate all the listeners because we're, we're getting a lot of great feedback, getting feedback from former players and a few that would love to come on. So I, I'm excited about future weeks because we've, uh, we've got some guys that uh, you're going to love to hear from. So Hey, a couple uh, shout-outs. We need uh, – we need to get Swole Cracker, Ram Master on here, talk a little golf. Yep. You know, some, some Jello shot stories. And we got to get him, them back in the thing. We got uh, El Diablo. We got to get him on here, too. So yep. to those guys, I've called you three out. The devil to the, lay, to the layman. The three Ram Knight. <laughs> we got to get him on here, too. Tweeter, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Tweeter's got the lowdown. He knows what's Dream. going on. We gotta get '80s Ram fan and San Fan oh. on for a. Oh boy, I'll wear my helmet for that edition. No holds barred session. All right. <laughs> That's a whole nother segment. I'll All keep right, my leather chaps in the closet. All right, boys, have a good night. Joe, thanks for thanks for mixing us into your evening. Yeah. All right, boys. Thanks, All right. Thanks for joining us. All right, I got Goose and Ice Man calling me. Talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, thanks everyone for joining us. Don't forget to. Uh, Support our sponsors, Ginger and Baker, Mighty River Brewing Company. Thank you Toad for the Sprocket Micro. Rules. Yes, Toad the Red Sprocket and Ambrosia. <laughs> hey, big shout out to, to Malort. 
Mishawaka Radio. Mishawaka, 1994. There we go. All right, boys. Have a good night. Yeah, on behalf of Joe Barron, Michael Rowe, I'm Joel Cantalamessa. Thanks for joining Ram Nation Radio. We're out. Peace. Peace.